one constant through all the years, Ray. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. It's the sexy voice show on Beyond the Game. <laughs> Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game. Oh, I heard that so much. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. That is a career ender. Just like this show. Please clap. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. We would be honored if you would join us. Good morning and welcome to the Beyond the Game program. So nice to have you aboard. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. Give them a call, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. I'm Rick Benson, here for the next hour, along with those guys, our producer Zach Barletta and Darren Metzger. Guys, the NHL has talked about it. NASCAR has obviously already done it. Last week, the NBA announced that its Board of Governors has approved the use of corporate logos on player jerseys starting in the 2017-2018 season. Hate it. Currently, the NBA is planning patches on the jersey that'd be, I think what they said is two and a half inches by two and a half inches. I guess we all figured that eventually... All the leagues are going to have some type of advertising on their uniform. I think it's just it's just too hard for them to ignore the available money. It's easy money for them. Will it bother you when it comes to one of the all-time iconic looks in sports, say maybe the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Yankees, or maybe in this case the Boston Celtics or the L.A. Lakers? Is it going to bother you to see a patch there? Absolutely. You make enough money as it is being a professional sports franchise. Do you really need this? Just leave it alone. It, it would bother me for sure. I, I would think, I would hope that individual teams could choose to do it or opt out. I mean, like the Yankees jersey with a big Samsung logo or something on it, would, it would just be ridiculous. I think we've sort of been conditioned for this, though. Maybe 20 years ago, this was unthinkable that someone would desecrate the uniform with advertising, but... Now we're kind of like, what's the big deal? You know, Cowboys Stadium is AT&T Stadium. Uh, I suppose Wrigley Field, though, has always been Wrigley Field, so I guess you just sort of get used to it. I mean, if the Lakers have Staples, the Staples logo on their jersey, or even if one day the Yankees have PC Richard or something like that. (laughs) WB Mason. That's one thing, but where do they draw the line? What about those marginal products? I mean... Feminine products are advertising seemingly during all the shows I watch at night. They're showing up on my sports show. I mean, do you want to see a feminine napkin logo? <laughs> what shows are you watching? Seriously, I'm telling you, you, they're on all the time. It, watching... They make me cringe. My wife just kind of looks over at me, and I'm I'm cringing, and she just kind of giggles. Benson just can't believe all the tampon commercials in between Gilmore Girls reruns. Yeah, he, well, he's you not watching sports. Your, You're watching yeah, the Real Housewives. You want Playtex your on your Knicks jersey? <laughs> I mean, well, how odd. Some of those players might need that product. You ever do something so stupid that it that it causes a problem for somebody else? Yep. Never. For, you know, for, perhaps maybe you've left the toilet seat up and 
one of your kids have fallen in. We all do dumb stuff, right? That Wait, ends did, up causing did you do a that? Problem. Did your kid fall in a toilet? Not too long. It wasn't. It wasn't my kid, but not too long ago, I did leave it up and for the first time ever. It's never happened. <laughs> my wife slipped in a little. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, they talk about it all the time. Put the seat down. Put the seat down. Why can't it they, never happens. Why can't they put it down? Nobody's ever fallen in, right? No. Well, it happened not too long ago. <laughs> Well, the Tennessee Titans hosted a movie night last Saturday at Nissan Stadium. You know, families together, sprawled out on the blankets on the field while the Minions movie played on the giant video boards. A wonderful evening of fun, laughter, and togetherness. That is, until they realized someone forgot to turn off the automatic sprinkler system. <laughs> I saw that. That was Oops. so great. Did you see the video? I had no idea. I saw some screenshots. Yo, know, people are in certain areas. Some <laughs> areas, nobody got covered. But in some areas, they just got drenched. The sprinklers are going off. And the thing is, do you know for sure that it was a mistake? Or was it somebody like maybe the Patriots equipment guy or maybe Darren? Something something I'd do. Yeah, if you were responsible to turn off the sprinkler systems, I could see where you, oh, yeah, they're off. Don't worry about it. That's, That's awesome. The Tennessee Titans soaking their fans. Of course, recently some very big trades have taken place in the NFL. A couple of teams giving up a treasure chest of draft picks hoping to position themselves to be better able to draft a quarterback that could change their their franchise, maybe the direction of their team. And when that happens, don't you picture guys in their offices wheeling and dealing on the phone, maybe face-to-face meetings in a conference room with guys with unbuttoned collars, loosened ties, and Chinese takeout containers all over the room, you know, just looking like they've been there for hours, ironing out. Well, right, they're ironing out details, maybe even Brad Pitt from Moneyball playing Billy Bean, these sort of things. On the phone with Kevin Costner from Draft Day. Yeah, it's a fairly complicated (laughs) procedure, I imagine, you know, to put all these pieces together. But word this week that Rams GM Les Snead and Titans GM John Robinson were able to work out their blockbuster deal in the men's room. Apparently, at the NFL Combine, the Rams and the Titans had suites next to one another. According to the Rams' website, Sneed says it was easy for John and I to sneak out of the back of the suite there and act like we were going to the restroom and then chat about the pick. All right, so maybe it wasn't actually in the bathroom, but two grown men, two successful men faking going to the bathroom so they could talk about That's that's not the picture I had in mind. I mean, that's fifth grade, faking bathroom breaks. That's how absurd. That's like what you do to get out of a funeral or something. Like that's It's hard to, to picture. It's not what I pictured. Before we go to break, let me give you our website, btgprogram.com. There we have full archives of past broadcasts and guest interviews. You can interact with the show on Twitter and other social platforms, at btgprogram. Coming up on today's program, we'll talk playoffs, the NBA, the NHL in full swing. We'll talk about Sam Bradford and the Eagles' situation at quarterback and what to make about Kurt Schilling. Plus, we have a number of our regular features, including a BTG draft this week. This time around, we'll draft the best mascots in sports. That's all coming up today on Beyond the Game. Thanks for joining us. Honored, really, that you've chosen to do so. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.
Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy, natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Rick Benson, Zach Barletta, and Darren Metzger. Zach's got Prince bumpers lined up for us, the late, great Prince passing away earlier this week. We introduced a segment a few weeks ago, BTG Draft. We actually went around, well, actually, Darren wasn't here that night, so Zach and I, we drafted our favorite sports announcers, and Zach took Vin Scully. I remember that being the number one pick. We're going to do that again today. We're going to go around the room picking our favorite mascots. Now, remember, it's a draft, so the order we're going to do, since Darren wasn't here last night, we're going to give him the very first pick, then I'm going to go second, Zach third. So, Darren, you have the first pick in the BTG draft of sports mascots. Number one overall pick, I'm doing a disservice to this draft if I don't take the Nats presidential race. That is fantastic. Seeing a giant Teddy Roosevelt head running down the baseline and everything. That, that, I mean, right along the stands there. It's fantastic. I love it. That's a, that's a good choice there. I felt like it was Running strong. presidents, yeah. That's a great pick because he got four mascots with one pick. So. <laughs> got depth already, That's man. great I'm value at number one. <laughs> so I got the second round. Or no, second pick in the first round. And I want to make a homer pick, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go with the Philly Fanatic, a Hall of Fame. Did you guys know there's a Hall of Fame of sports mascots? I didn't, but of course he'd be in it. In Whiting, Indiana. The Philly Fanatic is a Hall of Fame sports mascot. The the extendable tongue is an odd feature, (laughs) but, uh, I mean, is there a more iconic mascot anywhere? I'm going to take the Philly Fanatic as my first-round draft pick. Is there anything else in Whiting, Indiana? 
Um, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Maybe a stoplight. <laughs> I apologize to everybody in Whiting, Indiana, or from Whiting, Indiana, but someday uh, we'll visit the sports mascot. Zach, you have the last pick of the first round. Mr. Redlegs from the Cincinnati Reds. Ah, he's a he's, classic. He has a fantastic mustache. I'm excited that he fell all the way to the number three pick. Yeah, that was a good one. He was on my board. That was my next pick. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. So you have the first pick, Darren, of the second round. All right, since Zach took mine, I gotta I gotta go to Ragnar the Viking, the uh, from oh, the Minnesota yes. Vikings. Man, there's something about like real life mascots, not the not the fake looking ones. I mean, this guy's got an incredible beard. I have beard envy there. I mean, he is a man's man running around in Minnesota. With that beard and driving oh, a motorcycle, yeah. That's to say, doesn't he roll in on oh, a motorcycle, yeah. sleeveless, with his just arms exposed? Man, he's he's a man right there. That's a good mascot, and he's got the stones to go into management, and demand a raise. Yeah, that was so, pretty good. <laughs> I yeah. mean, only a Viking, I guess, right? When you're a Viking, you can do that. Well, I've got the s- second pick. Oh, there's so many good ones out there. But now I'm going to use my Homer pick. I am going to take Otto the Orange. Who doesn't love a little round orange ball? With arms and legs. <laughs> not, it's not really tough at all. It's not it just, tough. It just works. It's not, it's not even necessarily attractive, but Otto the Orange is my pick. Zach, you're on the board with the last pick of the second round. The last pick of the second round, I am going to take Sourdough Sam from the San Francisco 49ers. Sourdough Sam. He's I didn't a, know that was his name. I can picture a, him in my head. a cool it. minor dude with a giant beard. Like like Darren, I factored facial hair heavily into my picks. and I As thought, you should. I thought he's just a great mascot that's kind of under the radar with a fantastic beard. Darren, first pick of the third round. I, I'm torn between the Suns Gorilla and the Milwaukee Brewers Racing Sausages. I mean, one, the, the Suns Gorilla usually does, like, dunks off a trampoline, which is pretty awesome. But I got to go with the Milwaukee Brewers Racing Sausages. I, apparently, I have something about yeah, mascots I, I racing. You do. <laughs> All yeah. those presidents are going to be hungry. So, and, and I somehow got, like... Ten mascots in my three picks, so I I think I'm nailing this draft. <laughs> Link sausages running around a baseball field. There is something warm and comforting about that. That's just America. I'm torn here because I've got I'm gonna give you who I'm choosing between. It was either gonna be Ugga, the Georgia Bulldogs mascot, or Slider from the Cleveland Indians. And, and I think pretty good. I think I'm gonna take Slider. You might remember game four of the 1995 American League Championship Series. Slider fell from right field (laughs) while performing, had to leave the game with a serious knee injury, (laughs) but was back performing the very next night. That's what makes a Hall of Fame mascot. Slider is my pick. I'm torn between a few picks as well. Um, I'm a big Mr. Met fan just because he's so weird and kind of creepy in some of those Mets commercials. I also like Finn the Whale from Vancouver. He's a big killer whale, and it's just awesome. But I think I'm going to go with Billy Brewer from the Milwaukee Brewers because that dude goes down a giant slide way up in the air. Like, first of all, I'd be scared to do that. Second of all, that's pretty awesome. So Billy Brewer's my third-round pick. So let's review. Darren, you had the first-round pick. You took the Washington Nationals presidential race. Mm-hmm. And then in your second round, you took... I went with Ragnar the Viking. Ragnar the Viking, and your third-round pick was the The running sausages. Can I just say the Nationals presidential race is the best presidential race going? (laughs) Can can I say that? Zing. 
I think you could. You think you just did? Oh, yeah, you did. You don't yeah. have to ask. You already said it. So there. All right. So what? In reviews, Zach, what was your first round pick? Mister Redlegs, then Mr. Sourdough Redlegs. Sam from the Forty ers and finally Billy Brewer. I had the Philly fanatic Otto the Orange and Slider from the Cleveland Indians. Mister Met was on my board. I had the Coyote on my board from the San Antonio Spurs, much oh. like the gor- the Gorilla um, that was on my board. So, Zach, you gave us most of the ones that were on your draft board. Uh, Darren, who else did you have? I had the mascot whose name, for whatever reason, I can't remember right now, from uh, Notre Dame. They just find some red-headed student that can grow a pretty sweet beard. Make That's him not dress Lucky like the a, Leprechaun? I have no idea. Lucky what, Charms? <laughs> is, I think is, is the name Rudy, maybe? I have no idea. I had him on there. He's a pretty good one. And then Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys, the Pistol Pete, the large-headed cowboy. Oh, that cowboy. giant cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. That, that I like was that a one. good one. Yeah. And I think off the air, you guys mentioned Chief Osceola from Florida State. He just oh, yeah. gets to ride a horse onto the field. That's pretty cool. With a spear. That's awesome. <laughs> With a flaming spear. It's usually on fire, isn't it? I think so. I can't I can't remember. Interesting enough, though, none of us mentioned the San Diego Chicken, possibly the most famous of all sports mascots. I looked him up today, and his Wikipedia page says he's freelance. He does. He's not even associated with the team. Like he's such an awesome mascot that he just does what he wants. Were you aware that the New York Yankees had a mascot, or they did? I knew that they used to, but I can't remember what it was. Dandy, back in the early '80s, maybe late '70s. Oh, like a Yankee uh, doodle, like a, Dandy. Exactly right. Was it as bad as the Stanford tree? Because that might be the worst mascot <laughs> of all time. That's like a, a just a, a pine tree, an evergreen tree. What is it? It's awful and it's creepy looking. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of awful, creepy looking. That whatever bi- it is. big red from Western Kentucky University is another one that I need look to look it up that. sometime. It is. Up. It is nothing. Last week we talked about the NHL playoffs. We said some things that were really foolish. At least I did in my picks. Such things as the San Jose Sharks have no chance, I think, was one of the <laughs> um, things we said. I think uh, I agreed with you. So. I believe I said you guys weren't giving them enough credit. I'm just saying. You know, that was just true, as an excuse to make a pun. Yeah. <laughs> Still said it. Still so this week, let's let's talk a little basketball. Um, Darren, we'll do this with you. Last week, I talked with Zach throughout most of the hockey. But let's go through and make some playoff picks. Let's start in the West. The very first series you have... Golden State and Houston, and I know already a couple of them are are going, but Mm -hmm. we were talking about this prior to the start, so that's an easy one, right? There's no easier pick in the NBA playoffs. They're going to sweep. Warriors in five. You got to sweep. I got to sweep there. As dysfunctional as the Rockets were at times this year, I just can't see them giving the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, much of a fight. So let's talk about the Clippers and the Blazers. There again, I've got a five-game series going towards the Clippers. I agree with you. There's there's no way Portland is going to stand up to the talent that the Clippers have, especially with Blake Griffin being back. I think he makes a bigger difference than people realize. Oklahoma City-Dallas, I think that could be quite a series. I think that might go six or seven, but in the end, I just don't think Dallas will pull it out. I think Oklahoma City with... Uh, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook is just going to be too much to handle there. You know, I almost picked Dallas to win that. Uh, so I, because I'm, I just think Oklahoma City has talent that is maybe going to step up here at the playoffs. But I'm going to say seven games because I really think Dallas can come close and maybe even pull it off. But Should I'm going to be go a good one. I agree. The Spurs and the Grizzlies. I can't even give the Grizzlies a game. No, they backed into the playoffs here. They got some injuries. 
They're not the normal Grizzlies team we are used to seeing. Plus, it's San Antonio that they're playing against, who we would have talked more about this year and how good they are if Golden State wasn't on that historic run. So San Antonio's going to demolish them. Which would set up a San Antonio-Oklahoma City series? I don't think Oklahoma City has a chance. I'm telling you, the Spurs... They can beat Golden State in a seven-game series. They are a good basketball team, and Popovich knows how to handle that team. I have the Spurs in over Oklahoma City in six. Uh, Warriors, Clippers, I've got Warriors in six. Warriors in six is fair. I think the Clips can put up a little bit of a fight. Yeah. They, if, if they weren't coming up against the Warriors, yeah. I would think they could go deep. But there's two teams in the West that are eventually going to meet the Spurs and the Warriors, and you already said you think the Spurs can beat the Warriors I think in they seven can. games? I don't think they will, but I, it is possible. That that series is hard to pick. It can go either way. It's going to go seven. There's no way it doesn't go seven. You're going to say Warriors? Because I'm, I'm saying go Spurs Warriors. there. I'm, I'm going to go with Warriors for one reason. The 73, they made no – they didn't hide from it at all that they wanted the 73 wins. But that those 73 wins have been absolutely nothing if they don't win the championship, so they're going to pull it out. All right, let's real quick talk about the East. You got the the Cavaliers and the Pistons. I have the Cavs in a sweep. Easy. Boston, Atlanta. I got Atlanta sweeping them. Actually, they have a they have a very well coached team. They're a good team. Boston, I don't think is ready. See, here's where we're very different. You've got Atlanta in a sweep, but I've got Boston in seven games. I think Boston can win that series. Uh, Miami and Charlotte. I got Miami in six. That's easy one. How many games? I'm going to say five. I think Charlotte can win a game, but Miami, I mean, Spolster's a good coach. I love Miami's roster. They had a great second half. They got experience. You can't beat experience. They're, they're going to roll over Charlotte. Toronto and Indiana. Toronto's going to beat Indiana. They're, Indiana's not what they were a few years ago. Toronto's actually a pretty good ball Yeah, club. I've got like Toronto that. in six. I think the Pacers can put up a little bit of a fight. The Raptors, of course, signed Zach as a free agent fan. They've been He's good in ever the second since. Year of, how many contra- year contract did you sign? A lifetime. Lifetime. Yeah. I oh. was the final piece of the puzzle, so their <laughs> money was not an object. So that sets up the Cavaliers and the Celtics and also Miami and Toronto. So I got who, Cavaliers and uh, Atlanta, though. Okay. Give me who comes out of that. I think I'm, I'm going to go with Cleveland in six, but Atlanta's going to give them some trouble. I think they can challenge Cleveland, and, cha- and Cleveland has shown that they may crack under pressure at times. I've got Cleveland and six over Boston, so we both have Cleveland and six over mm-hmm. different teams. I've got Toronto and six over Miami. I have Miami in seven over Toronto. I think that's actually going to be a pretty good series. I'm going to enjoy that. Uh, hopefully Dwayne Wade can keep his legs throughout these playoffs because that should be fun to watch. So then you've got Miami and Cleveland mm-hmm. in the finals, which would be an interesting matchup. It, it would. I, I actually want to see this. I remember in the beginning of the season we were talking about the NBA season coming up. I said Miami is a better team than people realize. They got in as a third seed in the East. I mean, not great. The East is pretty easy, but Cleveland's going to roll through the Eastern Conference playoffs. See, I don't think so. I think they run into Toronto, and I see Toronto beating them in seven games. Wouldn't mind it at all. Which would set up, in my book, Toronto versus the Spurs. You're going to have Cleveland and the Warriors. In my series, I got the Spurs beating Toronto in five games. I don't think once you get out of the East, yeah, you're, you're running into one of these juggernauts, and it doesn't matter which one it is, they're going to give you a beatdown. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming you have the Warriors. I have the Warriors in six over Cleveland. I, I know it's boring. I'm picking the exact same matchup as last year, but I have Cleveland doing a little bit better. But at the end of the day, 
the Warriors are a buzzsaw, and they have a historic year, and you're not stopping them. You're listening to Beyond the Game. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about Kurt Schilling, Sam Bradford, and, of course, we have shenanigans in our Pest of the Week. This is Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Hope and inspiration can be hard to find at times. For that reason, God has given us many promises in His Word in which we can cling to. Spencer Traver focuses on several of these promises in his book, 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord. 21 Promises accounts real-life stories to help us recognize God's presence and identify His promises as we endure present times. With the help of Scripture, 21 Promises teaches young and old alike to understand with their minds and believe with their hearts in the unfailing promises of God. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver is available through Amazon and other booksellers or through the website traverbrothers.com. That's traverbrothers.com. Pick up a copy of 21 Promises and enjoy the unfolding of the promises of God as they're displayed in both Scripture and real-life events. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver. On sale now. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country, even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Barry Bonds never took steroids. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Don't ruin it by being an idiot. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. Have a high moral standard. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. How silly can you get? You want to heckle blind people? That would make me soil my pants. Dude. Welcome back to the show, recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. Here is your host, Rick Benson. Welcome back to Beyond the Game, btgprogram.com, at btgprogram. There wasn't a doubt in my mind this week that Kurt Schilling's time with ESPN had run its course. After coming under criticism for comments he attached to a social media post, sharing his opinion of the North Carolina law protecting privacy by making bathrooms specific to corresponding birth gender, there was no way that a company like ESPN, who was notoriously vanilla with their everybody looks, acts, and says the same thing personality, there's no way they're going to keep a loose cannon like Kurt Schilling around. But while he can, he can certainly be cantankerous, he can be obnoxious, it seems Schilling's biggest offense was threefold when it came to existing or continuing to exist at ESPN. One, he didn't fit their cookie-cutter mold. Two, he wasn't necessarily liberal enough. And three, he offended the wrong group of people. 
Schilling, who's been with the network since 2010, was in fact providing analysis on Monday Night Baseball only because he had been suspended and demoted from Sunday Night Baseball because of another social media post, ultimately being replaced by Jessica Mendoza. Schilling was let go after a Facebook post that showed an overweight man wearing a wig and women's clothing which says, let him into the restroom with your daughter or else you're a narrow-minded, judgmental, unloving, racist bigot who needs to die. But Schilling added to that, a man is a man no matter what they call themselves, I don't care what they are, who they sleep with. Frankly, without the image on the original post, which just seems to be designed to poke the bear a little bit and get, get a reaction, don't you think that's... Isn't that what Skip Bayless makes a living doing? Mm -hmm. Just sort of saying things to get a reaction? Isn't that what so many social media posts are designed to do? Push buttons, get a reaction? When you scroll through your Facebook or even an online article, there's these headlines after headlines that are really nothing more than clickbait, designed to prompt you, whether through an emotional response or through curiosity, to follow the, the link so that they can throw multiple ads in front of your eyes. So, of course it is. Why Why do you let these things so easily get to you? People are saying things just to get a reaction. Without the image, though, the original post really wasn't that wrong. The The, the image, the picture of the guy was... The stuff of nightmares? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, and was it was terrifying. It was over the top, and it was obviously designed to get a reaction. But without that... Was the post really saying anything that was wrong? If you do not agree with the proposed laws intended intended to allow people to use any facility, depending on how they identify, if you do not agree, then you are labeled a narrow-minded, judgmental, unloving, racist bigot. I'm not sure about the needs to die part. I don't know that people say that a lot, but then again, maybe that's how they feel. If you don't believe me, look at the headlines regarding the shilling uh, situation or regarding those who are against the law as it's written. Many of those headlines put the word bigot right in there. Many of them call those opposed as anti-gay, and, and that's not the case at all. The proposed law simply goes too far. That is not the same thing as being a bigot or being anti-gay. And what shilling added may not necessarily be graceful, may not be tactful. While I don't always defend Schilling because of his lack of tact, I don't think he was wrong in what he said. Now, he does continue and he talks about specific parts, which I'm not really comfortable repeating here on this program, but when he says a man is a man no matter what they call themselves, I don't care who they are, who they sleep with, that's a factual statement. Zach, you shared a very humorous Matt Walsh article where he responds to the department store Target, who have now said that their restrooms are open to however you opt to identify. But Matt Walsh wrote how he identified as a spider monkey (laughs) and as such would be relieving himself whenever, wherever, as spider monkeys do, even if he happens to be in aisle 12. (laughs) Now, obviously, it's a silly piece, but the point is well taken because you think you're a spider monkey doesn't make you a spider monkey. What confuses me is why are blacks able to be outraged about Rachel Dolezal, she's the white woman who identified as a black woman and was even head of the NCAA or NAACP chapter for a time, but society cannot be outraged about a man identifying as a woman. Here's an example of the ridiculousness of some people's reaction to Schilling. 
U.S. Representative Mike Honda from California's 17th Congressional District, which what you know as the Silicon Valley era, area, excuse me, Representative Honda tweeted out, please that at ESPN fired at Gehrig38, which is um, Kurt Schilling's Twitter handle, please that at ESPN fired at Gehrig38. Sports don't build character, they reveal it. Hatred is not a char- character, it's cowardice. I don't recall Schilling saying he hated anyone. I've heard rumors that Schilling is even a believer in Christ. Now, I can't confirm or deny that, but like many who do, when we talk about sin, it's often followed by accusations of hate. The Bible says gluttony is a sin. It's a lack of control. It's overly giving in to the desires of the flesh, and like many other sins, including sexual ones, it's it's allowing your your flesh to have control of your life. We're to have control over our bodies. Look, I'm heavy. Gluttony is something I've struggled with all my life. I'm aware of my sin. My going to church and trying to deal with my spiritual shortcomings and to improve my walk with Christ ought not to be viewed as hypocrisy because I'm one of those unperfect people sitting in church. I do not think by my, I do not think by my sin being pointed out just because somebody is approaching me about a problem I may have doesn't mean they hate me. I'm not saying they approach me about gluttony, but I have accountability partners. I have people that I actually rely on if they see me getting into trouble. Doesn't mean they hate me. In fact, quite the opposite. It means they love me. So because Schilling says that a man is a man based on his body parts and not based on how he chooses to identify himself, Representative Mike Honda of California labeled Schilling a coward and a hater. Am I stupid? Please don't answer that. Or isn't that exactly the kind of thing the post with Schilling shared was saying, that you will be labeled if you disagree? Mike Honda's calling Schilling a coward and a hater because he disagrees. Mr. Honda, sir, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. How narrow-minded, how uninclusive of you not to accept or tolerate Schilling's feelings. ESPN released a statement that said, ESPN is an inclusive company. Kurt Schilling has been advised that his conduct was unacceptable and his employment with ESPN has been terminated. Well, it's not entirely inclusive, is it? Not if you have Schilling's views. Now, I respect ESPN's right to let Schilling go. Not based on this one instance, but based on his history of these bold proclamations. Reports are that he had been warned by the network and that they did they don't want such statements, regardless of which side of, of any given debate that you may lean to. They don't want that by their personalities. They're very vanilla. They want everybody to look, sound, act alike. That's okay. They have the right. But Schilling also has a right to his views, his opinions, and he shouldn't have to hide from opportunistic slanderers like Representative Mike Honda, who's using the opportunity for a press op and to kiss the big bottom of political correctness. While I respect ESPN's right to terminate Schilling, this is why I find ESPN so unwatchable at most times and even oftentimes unlistenable to on radio. They're a cookie-cutter network of personalities, and it's boring. To me, maybe you like it. Great if you do. I'm all for it. Honestly, I'd rather they have fired Schilling because I didn't think he was a good announcer. Fire him for that, not this. James Andrew Miller, he's one of the co-authors of the book, Those Guys Have All the Fun Inside the World of ESPN, 
has been quoted as saying, if you're taking a paycheck from ESPN, you have to be extra careful about how you communicate publicly and always err on the side of caution and responsibility. It's not an unfair or impractical position for ESPN to hold. I agree. Now, Schilling appeared on Boston radio station, defended himself. He says, to be in a place where people actually believe I'm a racist or transphobic says to me that something has gone horribly askew somewhere. Yes, you don't agree with everything they say and do, and therefore you're a racist and you are transphobic. That's the philosophy. What has happened in our society that we have gotten to a point where people are so offended uh, and are so about themselves that we can no longer disagree with someone and yet still be able to share a cup of coffee? I disagree is not hatred. It's not bigotry. What's the line of the old Dave Mason song? There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's just you and me, and we just disagree. We're going to go to break, but before we do, let me just make, make this one point. It is our sinful human nature that causes so many to be so quick to be confrontational, to be angry, or to be bitter and hateful. Even Christians who have been redeemed can be this way. While we're supposed to be quick to be kind, loving, and understanding, if we're not in a good place spiritually or if our walk with Christ is not as it should be, then often our sinful human side takes over. It may be an overused analogy, but it makes the point well. If you have two dogs and feed one well and the other sparingly, the more well-fed dog will be the stronger. And if you're feeding your flesh more than your spiritual nature, it will be the dominant of your two natures. We need to be in our Bibles daily. We need to be meditating regularly on Scripture. Praise the Lord with godly music. Maybe not all the time. I'm not saying you have to listen to praise and hymns all the time, but at least some of the time have some balance. Think of the way Jesus dealt with people. The adulterous woman, the woman at the well, others known to be sinful or looked down upon. He didn't rail on these people. He didn't accuse them of being hateful, nor did he hate them. Instead, he was compassionate. He was understanding. He showed them love, and by doing so, he gained an ear to those who would listen. We need more of that today. Wouldn't you agree? I'm Rick Benson. This is Beyond the Game. title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. 
They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. You're waiting for me, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Just rocking out the Prince is all. A late great artist. I've had some good ones on the show. Zach, start us off with some shenanigans. Give us your first statement. Buffalo Bills head coach Rex Ryan introduced Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump at Trump's rally in Buffalo on Monday. Truth or shenanigans? Players and coaches should stick to sports and keep their political affiliations private. I say shenanigans. They're people just like you and I and have opinions and thoughts every now and again. Some are even actually intelligent. But seriously, why should they keep their thoughts private? Again, just as if it were you or I, someone harping on it over and over gets pretty old pretty quick, but I see no reason they shouldn't be able to share just like anybody else. I also say shenanigans. I agree with Benson. These are people just like us. They just have cooler jobs than we do. Um, share your opinions if you want to. Now, no, it may get you fired. Look at Kurt Schilling. It could That's happen. True. But uh, I have no problem with them sharing their political yeah, views. You can say what you want. There may be repercussions, but mm-hmm. you can say what you want. Exactly. I generally agree. Um, just because the majority, it seems like, of athletes and celebrities that I hear speak out about political issues don't actually seem to know anything about political issues. You know, and so many of them, it's, it's it seems obvious that they don't know much about what they're talking about. In that scenario, I'm like, just be quiet, you know? So I agree. An article I read this week on Yard Barker proposed a new rule called the 3-0 escape hatch, stating that if one team in an NBA playoff series takes a 3 nothing series lead, the series would end immediately without requiring the leading team to win a fourth game. It would basically be a mercy rule. This is a good idea that would possibly prevent unnecessary injuries in games that don't need to be played. Shenanigans. This is a horrible idea. There's a reason it's a seven-game series. you got to win four. What if they had a 3-0 escape rule in the, I wish they did because I'm a Yankees fan, but the Yankees-Red Sox years ago and the Red Sox came back from three down? That made for great baseball. It was a great series because of that. You shouldn't have an escape hatch. Win the games you have to win. I actually was going to reference that Red Sox comeback as well. I agree. So was I. <laughs> Shenanigans. It, it, even though it's extremely unlikely that it happens, it does happen occasionally. We're very aware of that. I think every team needs to be able to finish off their opponent and seal the deal. That's part of being a champion. 
Then I would agree with you guys. Shenanigans. If it's gotten to the point where you're so worried about injury that you don't play or finish the games, then don't play them. Just give the championship trophy for first place in the regular season and skip the playoffs altogether. Shenanigans. Seven games. If the Knicks' new coach wants front office control like Tom Thibodeau reportedly did, the Knicks should give it to him since Phil Jackson won't be in New York much longer anyways. Uh, I I agree with that. I, I don't think Phil's done much to convince anyone that he's the answer, so get some fresh blood in. Shake it up. It can't make things much worse. I agree. As you said, you know, nobody believes Jackson's in it for the long haul. He was a terrific coach, but is an unproven and so far unsuccessful GM. You know, under James Dolan, Knicks have been misguided and clueless. Let somebody else have a crack at it. I also agree. Tibbs is a fantastic coach. I bet you Bulls players are missing real bad right about now. During the Philadelphia Flyers' loss to the Washington Capitals on Monday night, the Flyers were assessed a delay of game penalty when their home fans pelted the ice with wristbands that had been handed out before the game. The game had to be paused while the thousands of wristbands were scooped off the ice. Truth or shenanigans, teams shouldn't be penalized for their fans' behavior. They absolutely should. Shenanigans. Teams and arena personnel should be working as a team to ensure that fans do not disrupt the game. It's common in every other level of sports. If the parents can't behave themselves or the students can't behave themselves, their teams are penalized. It's a tool for ensuring that things don't get out of hand. The trouble with doing it in Philadelphia is their team will be at a disadvantage at almost every game. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Nice. I also say shenanigans. You you should be punished if you're fans can't act right most of the time people at these games are adults you should act like one regardless of where you are uh absolutely shenanigans you need to be punished otherwise what can you do to control the crowd i say shenanigans as well i agree the fans were warned over the pa while it was going on that the team's going to be penalized if you don't stop but true to form they continued to behave like typical flyers fans so uh they deserve that penalty. I don't think it should just be done all the time without a warning. I think you need to warn the fans and give them a chance to start. But in an instance like that, it's well-deserved. Last but not least, Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer said that quarterback Cardell Jones, whom the Bills are said to be interested in, is smart, but, quote, wasn't necessarily very good at school. Truth or shenanigans, when drafting a player, it doesn't matter how they did academically as long as they're talented enough to play. True. These guys are not in the pros to go to school, they are there I to knew you play were sports. <laughs> Derrick Rose, okay, Derrick Rose, wouldn't he fail his ACT like twelve times in a row, and then somehow he travels away from home and passes his SAT? More like someone took it for him. But you know what, Derrick Rose was really good at basketball, and that's what he was there to do. Well, he was good at basketball until his knees exploded. So, truth, I don't care what they do in school if they can read a defense and they're really athletic. Fine with me. I kind of agree. Uh, if a guy is absolutely terrible in school, I'd be legitimately concerned about drafting him because he might not be smart enough you know, to learn your plays or whatever, or make good life choices. But most elite athletes aren't in school for academics. It's not the priority for them. They're in there on a scholarship to begin preparation for a pro career. So school's not the number one thing they're focusing on. So I agree. Your phrasing was it doesn't matter how they did academically. And I say shenanigans. I think how they do academically is a reflection of their dedication, of their perseverance, and other qualities that dictate their talent level. It can reveal character, but like other things, it's it's only one part of the story. It's not the complete account, and how they did in school would give me insight into the player. If I'm drafting and it's my money investing, I'd want to know that. So like the L.A. Rams, 
The Philadelphia Eagles gave up a wealth of draft picks to be in a position to draft a quarterback. Now, I don't particularly see the franchise-altering quarterback in the draft, but apparently that's why I'm not in the NFL draft room, because obviously the Rams and the Eagles both do, and neither seem too concerned if they end up with either Jared Goff or Carson Wentz. But Sam Bradford, who just signed a two-year, $35 million contract with the Eagles, is reportedly angry that the Eagles have now moved up in the draft for a quarterback. By the way, the Eagles also signed Chase Daniels with fairly big money, $12 million guaranteed, to compete with Bradford. But you think that if they draft Carson Wentz with the number two pick, which most people are sort of identifying as the order things will go, Wentz is certainly going to be the number one quarterback next season or possibly even before the end of this upcoming season. But perhaps this is the ideal situation for the Eagles. As Bradford is said to be motivated by the trade, one source saying he's mad and wants to show everyone who's best. Now, on Tuesday, one day before the trade went down, Bradford said that he didn't pay much attention to rumors and reports about things he couldn't control and that he hoped the Eagles would draft someone, anyone, who could help us win games. Now, that perhaps they're in a position to do that. He's unhappy about it. How does that make sense? You wouldn't think the Eagles, having given up so much, would intend to draft anything but a quarterback, right? Absolutely. But is it possible they go with a running back like Ezekiel Elliott or a lineman like Ronnie Stanley? Would either of those guys give the Eagles a better chance to win games now than Carson Wentz standing on the sideline holding a clipboard for the short term? This is obviously about the future, of course. So, same with the Browns. By trading out of the two, out of the two spot, they sort of signaled their latest rebuild project is about more than just a quarterback. They're going to get some pieces, and maybe they'll get by with Robert Griffin III until they fill some other holes, and when a franchise-type quarterback becomes available, they'll make a move then. Maybe it'll be more impactful. Maybe the Browns just couldn't handle any more guilt on their conscience of ruining another quarterback prospect. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think Bradford has a right to be unhappy that the Eagles have sort of changed direction from he and Daniel to go after a new franchise-type quarterback. Worst-case scenario for the Eagles— I suppose is that it leads to Bradford playing with something to prove. Is he wrong to be angry? Is it is anger always a bad emotion? Is it always sinful? Proverbs twelve sixteen says a fool's anger is known at once, but a prudent man conceals dishonor. Scripture contains many such verses warning believers against, you know, just losing it. And yet there are times when God allows his people to be angry. King David says in Psalm 139, verses 21 and 22, Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. David's anger was against people's sin against God. Nehemiah says in Nehemiah 5, 6, that I was angry when I heard their outcry in these words. He was upset with wealthy Israelites who were taking advantage of the poor. Both men were angry because of ungodly people or sinful situations. Jesus, of course, expressed anger. Stubborn Pharisees in Mark chapter 3, with people using the temple for profit as opposed to worship, once again, anger over sin. And that is the important element to righteous anger. However, even though it seems he is angry about his own situation, I'm not certain in Bradford's situation it's automatically sinful anger. He doesn't like it. Who would? You're expecting to be the quarterback. If he breaks things, if he throws a childish fit, if he yells and screams and calls people names, these sorts of things, then yeah, obviously it's sinful anger. 
But if he's upset with the situation and he's frustrated and he and he channels it in such a way that he plays with renewed purpose, drive, focus, passion, without complaining, without expressing anger at any particular individual in a sort of why did they do this to me sort of way, then I think at times anger can be good, perhaps even healthy. I think Bradford has a right to be angry. As believers in Christ, I, I think there's things we should be angry about. Abortion, abuse, sex trafficking, these things ought to make you outraged. But no matter how reprehensible the people or activities we're condemning, we're never, ever justified to sin in our response to those situations. Ephesians 4:26 and 27 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. The question we need to ask ourselves is, is my motive to be right about something? Or is my motive to be righteous before God? Remember what James 1, 19 and 20 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to anger, or excuse me, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Is your anger sourced in your own selfishness or your own status? Take a little time before reacting. Make sure your anger is appropriately based. Is it anger against sin? Or like with Bradford, could it maybe just be frustration more than really angry? How you respond will reveal much about your character. And as long as we're talking about anger, here's Darren with his unreasonable rant. Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened. The highlight of the show. I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in week after week. Said no one ever. Darren's Unreasonable Rant. Donald Trump got your attention? I bet I do. Trump is loud, brash, and doesn't care what you think. He's going to say what he wants, and he's rich enough to get away with it. Very similar to Rex Ryan, and I didn't need Rex to come out and say he supported Trump. I just assumed, and it was the safest assumption in the history of life. Athletes, coaches, famous people everywhere, they can have opinions on whatever they want. It doesn't bother me. It's a free country. And Rex introducing Trump in Buffalo just made sense. Rex is what Trump would be, and Trump what Rex would be if they switched jobs. They're the same person. And Buffalo embraced Rex with open arms last year. So why on earth am I hearing people say they're going to boycott the Bills and give up their season tickets because Rex supports the Donald. Why is someone with a different opinion than theirs the final straw for you to be done with the Bills? Four straight Super Bowl losses, 16 straight years of missing the playoffs, drafting players like Cameron Maben year after year, the Ralphs' beautiful facilities, in the Trent Edwards era. Trent Edwards! You stick around through all that and more, but Rex Ryan sowing some bro love to his brother from another mother is what does you in? You're a moron! And although Bills fans everywhere tolerate the most moronic behavior of all time, this is too much? Bill's Mafia doesn't want you anymore, so go back to your Hillary rally. Stupidity of that level is accepted there. Darren out. And now it's time for the most awesome thing I saw this week. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. I don't believe what I just saw. Yes, that's awesome. The Minnesota Twins released a video and some pictures of their home ballpark, Target Field, all decked out in purple in tribute to the passing of Minneapolis native Prince, who passed away this past Thursday. To make it even more awesome, it was raining, which just seemed a perfect tribute to Prince and his famous movie and song, Purple Rain. One of the iconic musicians and personalities of our generation and a 
and really a great, great guitarist, perhaps very underrated as a guitarist. In a story from ESPN Chicago, Prince is said to have, back in 2004, rented the West Hollywood home of former NBA player Carlos Boozer. Prince is said to have changed the front gate so that it had the Prince sign on it, that symbol that he uses. Mm -hmm. He changed the master bedroom into a hair salon. He changed the streaming blue waters that led to the front door to purple waters. He also knocked out walls and made some other internal changes, and Boozer was alleged to have been furious about it. But Prince just calmly gave him a check for a million dollars to put everything back the way he wanted. And, you know, it just seemed like such a Prince thing to do. <laughs> he just seems to be the kind of guy or just loved life and lived it to the fullest. I hope, I hope somewhere along the line that he got right with God before he passed away. Title sponsor of the Beyond the Game program is Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. My pest of the week is, and I hate to do this, but I have to call out, I have to call out some of my own here. My pest of the week is a certain New York Islanders fan. One-time Islander great and NHL Hall of Famer, Dennis Potvan, who spent 15 years, his entire career, with the Isles, and a great career. He now does the color commentary for the Florida Panthers home network. And, of course, the Panthers and Islanders are engaged in a first-round playoff matchup. And after Florida tied the series at two games each in Game 4 at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, some fan threw a beverage on the broadcast crew. Play-by-play man Steve Goldstein was interrupted as he was finishing the final moments of the game and announced that some moron Islander fan just threw beer or soda down on us. Pop Van scored 1,052 points in his great career. He was part of four consecutive Stanley Cup winning teams when the Islanders played on Long Island. I don't know. Maybe things are different now that they play in Brooklyn. Maybe Goldstein was wrong. Maybe it wasn't an Islander fan after all. Maybe it's just too darn easy for Rangers fans to get to the Islanders games, and this sort of thing is bound to happen with that lot. Steve Goldstein is one of my pests of the week for jumping to conclusions, but the, well, let's just say the New York City hockey fan that threw a beverage on the great Dennis Potvin is my other pest of the week. By the way, why would you pay those prices and throw it on somebody? Good call. That's why I know it was a Rangers fan. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. My pest of the week is the Toronto Raptors mascot, whose name is actually just the Raptor, for donning a Justin Bieber costume complete with blonde hair hanging down over his eyes during Game 1 of Toronto's series against the Pacers. The Raptor then performed a dance routine to a Bieber song. We need less Justin Bieber in sports, not more. So the Raptor is my pest of the week. Man, you're a believer. We know it. All right, my pest of the week is uh, the fact that I'm getting older and I now have to watch what I eat. And I, I've since started to try and eat healthy in the past few weeks. And these healthy eating plans are terrible. Uh, for example, for breakfast I got to eat two almonds this morning. For, for lunch I got to lick an apple and and for dinner tonight, I just get to yell at a picture of myself naked. So healthy eating plans, you're my pest of the week. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game's been brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, or give them a call, 585-426-5024, 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson and those guys sent you. Thanks for joining us. And for those guys, Zach and Darren, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together in next week right here at this same time. Have a great week, everybody.